says to her, I says, yeah, I know you're my cousin, but only by marriage. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, welcome to The Nation. This is our first full episode show. And we have with us, as usual, Rob. Hello. Hi, Rob. This time, we were able to rouse Callum out of bed. And he's with us as well, Callum. Um, what's up, guys? So we did our first little teaser, and um, you know we're a little um, we're, we're trying to figure out the iTunes thing. We've been working diligently on diligently diligently on that, and um, we're we're struggling through that. But um, a few of you have listened to it. We've had a few hundred downloads, and and uh, got some pretty good responses from a few people that have gotten in touch with me and told me they really liked it. So we're just going to kind of roll along with this and go with the punches as we go along and try to get the iTunes figured out. So those of you who were subscribed will continue to get the shows um, without resubscribing. However, if it's such that we need you to resubscribe, we will definitely mention that. We'll get that sorted here soon. Be patient with us on that one. So we're going to just kind of talk a little bit about what we've been doing like uh, we normally do. I think uh, this week... I am going to have Callum go first. Callum, what have you been up to? Hey, guys. Uh, so, yeah, what have I been up to? Um, actually, I've been up to quite a bit. A few weeks ago was the um, RC Heli Addict Fun Fly and mm-hmm. uh, Charity Razor. That went really well. It was probably the best event of 2011, for me personally, anyway. Um, uh, with that aside, um, just generally along with life and flying helicopters, I guess. Hey, let's, let's not gloss over that event. That was a, a really big event for you guys in the UK. Yes. And for those of you who haven't seen it yet, I don't know if you haven't, you must be living in a box. But there's a video out there made by, uh, who's the, uh, it links something, isn't it, Callum? From yeah, the... his name is, is uh, Dan. Okay. He's, um, his form name goes like, I think it's Links sixteen eleven something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's got. I've seen a thread on Heli Freak, and of course, it's all over RC Heli Addicts. But this video, if you haven't seen it, this guy did a tremendous editing job on this video. I mean, it's yeah, that was made really well. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, from what I understand, it was his first go at something like this, and I got to tell you, it looks better than any professional video uh, helicopter video I've ever seen. I mean, it's just an, incredible. So. We will put a link to that in our show notes because if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Don't be bashful, Callum. You won a few events at that. Yeah, I won the drag race, which was quite a blast, actually. And um, I, I won against a Logo 600s, which was oh. actually slate, which was actually slated to win because you know how fast Logos are. And mm-hmm. Actually, 
beats it with a 550 size electric, which was quite cool. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And then I won the auto competition running a Fury 55 with Maverick Blades. A few of you out there who uh, watch my blog and you know, will have noticed that I've switched to using Maverick Blades. One thing I said in like a little mini review was the auto performance was like totally out of this world. Just, you know, you can hang autos all day and uh, the blade proved itself during the auto competition. They're like a little hanging auto with no end coming down. Few people from the you know from the crowd say he's not gonna make it, and yeah, glide in and uh, straight down on the mark. I fly Maverick blades. In fact, I've got a few brand new sets sitting here right on my desk, waiting to go into some helicopters, some fly barless stuff. So, uh, Rob, what have you been up to this past few days? Uh, playing with my helicopters. Playing with yourself. Yeah, playing with stuff. No, I you know I don't know. I got the. Yeah, I got an upgrade at work, if you will. So work's been, uh, it's felt busier than I'm used to feeling. I mean, I get out uh, about a half hour later than I'm used to. So it's kind of been different, kind of adjusting to that over the last week or two. But, yeah, I have been able to get some flights in. I got the bug to go and put a night rig on my X5. So I've been playing around with doing that. And the neighbors like to uh, come down to the park with me and watch and you know, Google at the helicopter and stuff like that. So did I mean, you get any? Did, did you get any video of it? Uh, well, I have a video. I don't. Well, I've got a video on my YouTube page from uh, a little while back when I first put the night kit on, and it's pretty sweet looking. But one thing I did, and I'll have to post a couple of the pictures. I didn't get a lot of pictures because it was just myself, but um, time lapse photos. You know, long exposure photos of oh, that. Yeah. Uh, I got a really nice one where I, I set the timer so that I'd have enough time and I'd start it and I'd spool the helicopter up and I set the exposure to I think like 10 seconds or something and so after the camera snapped or opened the shutter I just let it sit there on the ground spooled up and then I would just do a punch out right off the ground and so the effect is really cool you know on the pictures and so I'm going to put those on my photo bucket and we'll get a I'll post them on the website and stuff too. I've got a couple of other of those light ribbon kind of pictures that are pretty cool. But um, So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, um, hanging out with the family, doing a lot of yeah. kids' stuff. My kid's getting ready. My my five-year-old's getting ready to go into uh, uh, kindergarten, so that's that's interesting to get mm-hmm. him ready for that. That starts in a couple of weeks. So Very nice. Well, we're in the uh, – this is like this few weeks, this, this four or five weeks is like our hot, hot season i mean it's uh for you guys but for us 95 degrees is just like almost unbearably hot for us where we live in this region yeah and uh it's really limited my flying time um haven't really been flying a lot but i am looking forward to getting some flying in tomorrow and i've got also you know i've i've had my my rounds with flybarless and we've talked about that before i tried a lot of different units and rob got me Talked and trying out the V-Stacks. Talked a little bit about uh, the Vibe, how it gave me some problems, and I started working with it. Well, I decided to go balls to the walls. I ordered a fly wireless, another Outrage head for my 600, and another fly wireless head for the Gowie. And uh, I'm just going to do it and keep doing it until I either like it or absolutely despise it and then get rid of it. <laughs> or keep it. It all depends. So I'm really looking forward to, to doing that. Um 
I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. You know, of course, it's only been a couple of days since Rob and I have got together on the show and talked, so we really there hasn't not a lot's gone by since then. I've uh, been working pretty hard on the webpage and uh, you know talking with some people to come on the show. So that's about all we've been up to. There's a, I guess one thing I wanted to comment on. I know we brought up that uh, that video from Callum from that uh, that contest you went to, and I've seen that video and it's pretty good. Another nice video and. Because I didn't get to go to Urcha, you know, I, like a lot of us do, just trolling up and down the forums trying to consume whatever media I can from that event, right? Because um, I really want to go to it. I think uh, we're going to try and make the trek next year. Right, Dan? We're going to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, I know there was this uh, a guy posted a video in the Heli Freak video forum. There's a thread there called Nicely Produced Mikado Urchavid. So I'm like, okay, I'll check that out. But this guy, I gotta say, man, this guy put a lot of time and effort into the video, and it just turned out really well. I mean, part of it kind of feels like a Mikado commercial, I guess, but more than that, it just was put together well. It was, you know, he's got a lot of, it looks like, um, you know, After Effects going on in there, some some 3D modeled, like the, the Urcha logo, he's got 3D modeled in there, and it comes crashing down, Mikado logo, and really good soundtrack and stuff, so it's just pleasing to, to watch it, you know, I mean, God, I've been doing this forum thing for a long time, and once you watch the helicopter pyro flip and TikTok and stick bang all over the place, it all starts to look the same, so it's nice to see something different, you know, something like, uh, something put together like a mini movie, you know what I mean, and so yeah, I think we should put a link up to that in the show sure. too. It was a Heli Freak user ICKE84, Ike84. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from, uh, looks like from Germany. Put that together and hopefully he's going to make some more of them because I dig his style, you know? I do have one other thing I want to kind of talk about a little bit first before we go in the news. Um, uh, yeah, you know, there's a, do they have a Perkins restaurant out there? Uh, Rob, you've heard of Perkins maybe? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So I was at Perkins the other day, and I decided uh, I needed to go use the men's room. So I went into the, went in there and sat down in one of the stalls, and and this guy comes in and he goes, uh, sets down on the other stall, and pretty soon I hear him say, "Hey, what's going on?" And I said, "Nothing." <laughs> he goes, "How you been?" And I said, "You know, really uncomfortable at this point." I said, "You know, fine." And he goes, uh, "Hey, uh, can I come over?" I'm like, "Well." I'm pretty busy at the moment. And he goes, then he says all of a sudden, he says, you know what, hang on, let me call you back. I got some asshole in the stall next to me that keeps answering all my questions. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) That didn't really happen, by the way. I just figured I'd throw that in. I bet you wish it happened. I do wish it happened. (laughs) I wish it would happen with you. (laughs) So anyway, let's go into some news before this gets too crazy. This is Pinion, and you're listening to the greatness that is RC Heli Nation. Do you guys have any news? Because I don't. Hey, well, I don't know if it's necessarily news news, but right now Futaba's got a deal out where if you... uh, pick up one of their receivers, whether it's a ground receiver, or, I mean, a uh, radio, a ground radio or an air radio, whatever, um, they'll throw in an extra receiver. Dan, you and I were just talking about the whole idea of, you know, Spectrum versus Futaba, 
I would if I made the switch completely. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to output or outfit, I guess, four helicopters, you know, to put to go all Futaba, right? Mm-hmm. And I know when you buy a Futaba radio, you get the one receiver. And um, we were talking about in the context of using that the 8FG and getting that tiny little three-channel receiver that they've got to use against like the Beast X or a, maybe a, a whatever, like a V-bar. Because you don't need all the extra pinouts and all the extra sides and all that, right? Well, this looks like it may be a pretty good deal to do something like that, you know? A lot of the places are, they got them on sale. You know, the uh, Heli Direct's got the 8FG for 479 but I know you can find it in places cheaper than that, you know, as low as I think 449 is the lowest I've seen it. Yeah. But, you know, right from Futaba, you know, once you buy it, I think you submit a form and they'll send you another one of the receivers that you got with it. Don't quote me on this, but I was talking about this very thing to a guy at our field, and I haven't seen anything, but apparently Spectrum is doing the same thing. They are, huh? That's what I've heard. Now, I don't know, I haven't, like I said, I've not seen anything, so is it solid fact? I don't know. Yeah, I heard they were doing that. I don't know, the whole Futaba Spectrum thing. The only thing that makes me wish maybe I would have started with Futaba, because like you said, switching over to Futaba at this point would just be so expensive, not even for the radio, but just to switch everything over. Yeah. This this whole switching over to DSMX, it just seems, it, it just makes me feel a little uneasy. Like, for example, I'm shopping for a, uh, I'm deciding on whether or not I want to use the receiver or I want to go ahead and use the Spectrum adapter on the Beast X on the Gowie. Right? right, right. So I know you've been flying yours with uh, just a regular satellite and not having any issues. Yep. Small disclaimer: uh, your mileage may vary to other people that fly, you know, 500 size helicopters with just a satellite. I am doing it, and I am successful. I'm not telling everybody else to go out and do it, but exactly, you exactly. Because I've had I've had good luck with it. So, well, kind of what I'm getting at with that is, so I'm talking with. Uh, Dave Mullen from Anything Heli, and and he's kind of got me thinking that maybe I need to get that uh, new satellite that is supposed to be for uh, carbon fiber frames. But I I looked at it, and I see that it's, yeah, DSMX. Right. So I'm not sure if that's going to work with my DSM2 radio. Now, everybody's telling me it will, but if you look at the fine print, it says compatible with DSMX. doesn't say anything about backwards compatibility. And I've also heard that the satellites are not backwards compatible. However, the receivers are. I, I don't quite know. Yep, and I think, Dan, therein lies the whole issue that um, in the beginning, uh, you know, the VFAR and the VSTEX were having with right out of the box, just plugging a DSMX satellite right into the unit. Because at that point, we got to make the unit DSMX compatible, like VSTEX's version 3 firmware that's about to come out adds the DSMX compatibility so plugging a satellite by itself into it will now function at DSMX all by itself right the thing though is for guys like us that have DSM2 radios just like you're saying from from what I know about it the satellite receiver all by itself is that's not what's directly interfacing with the radio it's the receiver like an AR7000 or something right right the receiver is what's telling the radio, yeah, this is, I'm DSM-2, or I'm, or I need to be DSM-2 to keep communicating with you, right? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I think once we see the firmware update, 
the the receiver will run in DSM two mode still, but because it's a DSM X receiver, it can be plugged into the unit and still function and bind and all that. Well, see, all this confusion is kind of what makes me wish that I would have started with Futaba in the beginning. Now, I don't I don't care to get into a debate with anybody about which is better. You know, I really don't because you know what? At this point in the game, I think anything that you fly and it's not giving you problems is probably what's best for you. Yeah, yeah. But this confusion and and you hear people saying on the forums all the time, well, it says on the Spectrum webpage that this is compatible, but I'm it's not working for me. So obviously there's issues and then they've got recalls and it just doesn't sit well with me. So anyway, what other news we got? Callum, you got anything? Yeah, a little bit of news. Um, as you know, the whiplash is pretty much due any time now. There was one lucky guy in America, as you know, Urcher, who was uh, on a few weeks back. Oh, for fuck's sake, why do I say... Fuck! Why do I say words when I don't want to say those words? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like a few weeks back. It wasn't. It was a few days ago. It's like ah. But just say somewhere in the range of minutes to weeks ago. <laughs> okay. So he's been posting a few pictures and no doubt, um, you know, telling us how it flies and whatnot on Heli Freak in various other forums. Um, I'm still debating whether to go nitro or electric. Um. This past few days, um, things, uh, you know, opportunities have arisen for me. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking about changing to all electrics. So and maybe the whiplash I get will be electric. I don't know. Can you guys hear my cat purring? Indeed. You can, really? Mm-hmm. That's what it would be. Uh, would it be crooked head now? No, this is the baby. This is the youngster. OptiPower have released their packs to the general public. Um, you can get them from Fast Labs and I think Midland Helicopters in, over over here in the UK. Not too sure on Midland, though, but I know Fast Labs, Fast Labs are stopping them. Um, OptiPower packs are, are, are manufactured by OptiFuel, the well-known fuel over here in the UK as well as various European countries. So have you guys seen the uh, JR Flybarless system? Yeah, I think it's too big, too complicated. It's ugly. It's big and yeah. ugly. Doesn't it, doesn't it look like it's something that uh, belongs back in the piezo gyro days? It just looks yes. big and weird. It looks like Telly B's big, saggy grandpa. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know. know. And I guess I haven't really... because I, I was turned off by the way it looks, so I mm-hmm. haven't put it on my radar at all yet i haven't seen any generalized hullabaloo about it or anything like that so i i don't even have any comments on its performance i think i heard something in passing about um a guy put it on uh some big bird and was flying it in fai style i mean you can't compete in fai with flybarless yet unless they're getting ready to change that but he said it was really stable and it tracked really well and stuff like that but I think in the context of what Flybarless brings to RC helicopters the most, hovering there for eight minutes is 
I don't want to spend three hundred something dollars on a big ugly fly bar machine to do that. So changing gears again, you uh, you two are both familiar with the greatness that is pinion. Ah yes, the greatness that is. Pinion. Ah yes, <laughs> Pinion was with us. Uh, Rob and I were able to get an interview with Pinion, and uh, for a a nice long interview, and uh, we had the pleasure of being his first actual interview, and uh, we're going to go ahead and play that for you right now. Commercial. Commercial. <laughs> <laughs> here uh, before Urch started in this, uh, this this pinion character. I'm sure you, you saw some of that on the Heli Freak forums, didn't you? Oh, you know it, man. Yeah, I didn't get to go to Urch this year, so that uh, <laughs> that made for some pretty good commentary, I gotta say. You know, I got in touch with uh, Pinion and I actually was able to kind of talk him into coming on the show, so we're gonna actually have a little bit of uh, an interview with him here in a second, as soon as we get in touch with him. Yeah. Hey, Pinion, are you there? Uh, yes, uh, Dan, this is Pinion reporting from the uh, Team Hardcore Studios in Fort Worth, Texas. It's uh, great to be on RC Heli Nation uh, with uh, Dan and Rob. Uh, you guys are true greatness. So you just got back from Urcha. What was your overall impression of Urcha? Tell, tell us about it. Well, uh, that was uh, uh, my first trip to Urcha. Uh, it was greatness uh, wall to wall. The weather was magnificent. Uh, the flying was outstanding. Uh, you know, every flying field will have uh, one or two uh, hot shots, if you will. Uh, this was a flying field with 1,600 hot shots on it. I mean, it was just some amazing flying. A uh, little bit of everything for everybody. Uh, if you were into nitro, uh, like I am, uh, you got to smell the greatness of the burning rotor rage. Uh, and if you're into electric, there was uh, all sizes of electrics represented there. But the flying was uh, fantastic. I thought the, uh, the uh, Urcha uh, volunteers... Uh, did a wonderful job making sure everybody had a good time. Uh, and it was uh, definitely something that uh, if you're into RC helicopters, uh, you do need to uh, it, you need to go there at least once in your lifetime. Uh, and I think if you go once, you're going to want to come back because I know where I'm going to be next year. There's a question that I'm sure everybody wants an answer to because you really didn't address this much in, in your reports. Did you get to – well, actually you did once, but uh, we're, we're curious. Did you get to sniff any bitches? Uh, well, we did uh, we did some interviewing of uh, uh, some of the uh, Avant girls, and uh, also I think it was Advantage Hobby had a booth. Uh, they were very pretty young girls uh, driving around in the uh, the uh, golf carts. Didn't look like they had a job other than driving around and looking good. Uh, of course, we did have uh, Matt Botos. Uh, uh, he and Amy of the Synergy uh, Helicopters uh, came to the Bon Jovi bus. Uh, I'm going to say it was. Uh, Thursday night. I may be a liar, but I think it was Thursday night. And they brought a uh, young, uh, young little dog there that was. Uh, she was very sweet. Uh, so I got to talk to her a little bit. Uh, we rubbed up, uh, rubbed noses a little bit. But I don't think Matt's going to let me around her anymore. 
Okay, so you're not really, it's not really a kiss and tell type situation. Uh, no, no, my friend, uh, never kiss and tell. <laughs> so, what is the story behind the Bon Jovi bus? Uh, well, it's funny, I was just uh, about to address that in a video myself, but uh, uh, Team Hardcore, we're going to uh, a, a fly-in, oh Lord, where was it at, uh, down in the South Texas, about three months ago. Uh, we're in the bus. Uh, we pull into uh, Chicken Express, which is pure greatness. It's heart attack in a box. you got to have this chicken if you ever come to Texas. Uh, Robert Abels, who's a, a member of Team Hardcore, Rusty uh, Haggard, myself, we're in there getting our chicken. Uh, some of the locals come in, and they see this bus parked outside, and it is pretty spiffy. We had it all shined up. Uh, we're in there with the typical heligarb. You know, Rusty had the, uh, you know, Rotor Rage T-shirt on. We all got sweaty hats, flip-flops, T-shirts. We don't look like we should be anywhere near that bus. Mm -hmm. uh, they go, uh, the locals go, well, who does that bus belong to? And uh, Robert Abels goes, uh, well, that uh, bus belongs to uh, Bon Jovi. He's out there right now eating some chicken. And, I mean, they bought it hook, line, and sinker. Uh, so from <laughs> that point on, that was the name of the Bon Jovi bus. Uh, so that's how it got its name. Uh, Robert Abels named it. So, oh. and we're grateful for that. Very yeah, nice. that is some greatness. <laughs> and try the chicken if you ever come to Texas, the Chicken Express. You know, you come to the Southern Rotary Classic, you guys, you can partake of that. So what was, uh, when you were at Urcha, what was the most memorable uh, event that you got to see as far as talking with pilots and hanging out with these guys? Uh, yes, uh, well, the most memorable for me will be uh, the first, there was the first time I actually got to sit and uh, talk with uh, the greatness uh, that is Matt Botos. Uh, he and Amy are just wonderful. They're wonderful business people. Uh, they have a great product. They have a good rapport with the heli community, uh, and that was wonderful. Uh, I got to, uh, uh, you know, see him fly up close. Actually, got to uh, call for one of his flights, and so that I think I'll I will keep that memory. That that was very special to me. Yeah, opinion. I gotta say, watching your videos, uh, I think you know it almost seems like he might be the next uh, or the newest uh, mascot for Urcha. It uh, sounds like you have plans for going next year, correct? Oh, sure. If, uh, we're going back whether they want us there or not. <laughs> we're going to go back. Uh, you know, my 15 minutes is not up by then, and there's anything I can do to help out Urcha or, or the AMA up there, uh, then, of course, you know, I'm going to do my part and uh, try to give back and help them out. So, yes, uh, we'll be happy to help any way they'll have us help. I hope uh, next year you can get somebody recruit to take care of that black water for you. you uh, we got yourself. Yeah, we're going to keep Mitch Pricer on that one because he, he hasn't learned a damn thing. He still comes back. He wants to drop a deuce in the bus all the time. I'm like, dude, there's a there's a quarterlet over there, and he's, like, worried about spiders or something. Like, there's no spider in there. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are That's great. Yeah, it's Speaking amazing. of Mitch Pricer, I heard uh, you guys talking in passing about uh, Matt Bodos had said that he was the uh, TikTok ninja. So uh, I've been anxious to see a video of him doing these uh, super insane TikToks. I, I take it you got to see some of that in person. Yes, and I don't think you're going to have a video camera with the frame rate uh, that's that's going to do it justice. You're going to have to see it in person because these things are just, I mean, it's just incredibly fast. I don't know how the damn stick stays in the radio. Hmm. Uh, but he does really fast TikToks. He, he really seems to be bonding with the uh, uh, the Synergy uh, uh, N5C. Uh, it, it seems like he really likes that helicopter. Uh, and he, it's really, uh, I could see, uh, I mean, he's been a great pilot, don't get me wrong. But uh, I could see I was up at the uh, uh, Pitch Fest in Minnesota about six or seven weeks ago. 
and I could see a difference in his flying in just seven weeks, uh, you know, with that helicopter. He's really, he's really bonding with it, and uh, he really makes it look good. I know Mitch is uh, up and coming rather quickly. I live in northern Minnesota. I didn't get a chance to go down to that pitch fest hole, but my plan is to come next year. And- uh, we'd love to have you guys come down, look us up. Uh, you can come check out the Bon Jovi bus. Uh, you can try out uh, the official beer of uh, Team Hardcore, which is uh, yeah. Dos Equis, uh, or as the Romans called it, 20. <laughs> can I drop a deuce in the bus? Uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if if you're going to be a member of Teen Hardcore, that's one of the side benefits. But uh, you know, you might draw, draw the short straw and uh, ride in the hose. So that's a risk you got to take. And we will see, be videoing it. See, if I'm about to drop the deuce in the John Bonjo bus, I got to do it backwards, seventy miles an hour. No problem, exactly. my friend. We'll we'll pull in the sides. We'll get the jacks up. We'll get her going down the highway just for you. We hey, we might even catch up with those Castle uh, Cremations engineers. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably over the border by now. Jeez. So speaking of that, kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know if you were paying attention to the forums. So apparently, there is a, another recall from the third recall to a number four recall today. Speaking of the Castle Creations, did you guys check that out? Did you see that today? No, I noticed something about it when I was looking uh, through the forums, uh, but uh, I, I didn't really go into any detail with it. Uh, you know, I know they're probably working very hard on it, and, and I kind of was riding them pretty hard that night. But it was it was not to, to ride them hard, but it was kind of like the mood. I wanted to give the mood uh, that was, you know, on the flight line. Uh, obviously, they'll have to do research and uh, see, uh, you know, from the ESCs that burst into flames, uh, what, <laughs> whatever's left of them. And try to figure out what happened, you know, do some research, figure out what's going on. Uh, it yeah. might be easier to try to find one that hasn't burst into flames and see what they did right with that one. <laughs> yeah. I did see a thread. There is a gentleman that uh, had one swapped out at the, the Castle booth there for version 3. And his version 2 had been working just fine. And right now, Castle has that in hand. So hopefully they're using that as triage to try and figure out what's going on. But you know, I got to say, when you think about it, I mean, there's a lot of current and a lot of voltage running through that small little device. So um, I say, you know, I fly a Castle Creation speed controller on one of my helicopters, and I couldn't be happier with it. And I'm sure Castle Creations will figure out what's going on, get their, uh, you know, their, their part sourcing in order, and uh, make everybody happy. Yes, I, I have no doubt that, uh, that they can ever catch up with the engineers, get some shirts on them. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna get it right. I, you know, I have no doubt about that. So, but so I'll let you go first, my friend. <laughs> Contronics so, stock, my friend. Long on Contronics, go short on Castle Creations. <laughs> <laughs> you did mention in one of your videos about the uh, helis that were in the bowels of the Bon Jovi bus. Yes, yes. What? Uh, what? What is Pinion's helicopter? What is what is Pinion flying? Well, uh, I have. Uh, of course, I have the uh, MCPX. You got uh, you have to have one of those, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, I have the uh, Token T Rex 600 Nitro. Uh, that would be mine, uh, and I love it very much. It's fun to fly. Uh, I also have a, a Velocity uh, 50 Nitro uh, that I enjoy very much, uh, and I also have a Rave uh, ENV uh, that uh, I enjoy that very much as well. So that's the three helicopters I'm currently flying right now. Uh, I did have an electric uh, 12S uh, T-Rex 600 that uh, was set up uh, as a Nightbird. And uh, about uh, a week before we left for Urcha, 
I managed to uh, I powdered it. No, no, this this was not the and it did have a Castle Creations ESC on it, uh, but it was not its fault. Uh, and when it went into the water, it bounced. Uh, I have a pond near my house. The helicopter hit the ground with a amazing thud, uh, and then actually ended up in about three feet of water in this pond. It was very eerie. It looked like uh, like science fiction because I ran over to the pond. Uh, got my nephew to jump down there, and it, the helicopter's completely lit underwater. You can see. So it's kind of eerie. But And the blades were like, uh, they were the uh, torsion blades, which were very excellent blades uh, uh, as far as they look at night, uh, flying at night. They look wonderful. They fly like crap, but they look good. Uh, but anyway, they had about six-inch stubs left on them because the blades are all broken. But it's like the light is like flickering. The lights are flickering in the blades, so it looked like something out of a sci-fi movie. And just didn't have time to fix it. But I regretted that. That would have been fun to fly it at night, uh, you know, up at Dircha. Now, I got to ask, Pinion, being that you don't have opposable thumbs, you yes. must have sort of special uh, stick grips or stick adapters on your transmitter. You got to explain to me how you handle that. Uh, we just uh, we use uh, we tried uh, some other materials like uh, hook and latch or what do you call it, the Velcro, and that uh, that that works. Uh, it pulls my hair a little bit, so I don't really like that very much. So we do we we're, we're leaning more toward not just using aligned straps. That's something good that aligned straps for. Just strap my hands. You know, I have to have a helper, but they strap me to the sticks, and I'm able to hang on to the sticks. Great. What do you do when you see a squirrel? Every other dog that I know that sees a squirrel loses all attention and looks away. Have you disciplined yourself to not uh, catch or look at the errant squirrel as it goes by when you're flying? Uh, no, you just pay for one crashed helicopter. That's going to get your attention. Keep your <laughs> eyes on that damn thing, and we'll worry about the squirrel. But, uh, okay. yes, no, I can avoid the chasing the squirrel. I have a dog. I have a Shih Tzu. Yes. And uh, I've noticed that uh, when he comes outside, he ten- has a tendency to go to my tires of my vehicles. Oh, there he is, in fact. He's walking to my truck as we speak. And now he's going to pee on the tire and mark his territory. Do you, uh, do you mark your helicopters? I don't necessarily mark the helicopters, but I do like to mark my territory. If you ever come out to a flying field, at least one that has grass, if you see numerous crop, crop circles in the grass, that's how I mark my territory. <laughs> nice. That's your flight station, then. That's it. Get out of my box, you jerk. Get back into your box. <laughs> cats. How's your relationship with cats? Uh, I don't have a problem with cats. Uh, they don't mess with me. I don't mess with them. I don't trust them, but uh, I don't mess with them. You know, pussy's always expensive. <laughs> At the end of the day, you don't want one of them around, right? I know you'll have to cut that out, but I thought I'd throw it in there. Oh, no, we'll leave that in. (laughs) No, no, that's staying. Uh. Opinion has to be careful now. You're not going to edit. (laughs) Now, now, Opinion, I know that when I'm flying, occasionally I'll get the mosquito or the horsefly that lands on my cheek or my side, something like that. For me, really only having... uh, uh, Two fully articulatable limbs. Um, yeah. You see any sort of an advantage then with the, being able to use your hindquarters to take care of that while you're flying? Yes, uh, the occasional needing to scratch. Uh, the problem I have is I always have this tendency to want to lick myself. So, but once again, you pay for one crashed helicopter, you're not going to make that mistake again. So I avoid even that. But uh, yes, you, you can never, wait a few minutes for that. Yes, it never that, that fails urge. when you're flying, though. You're going to get a flea or a tick or something biting you on your nads. I mean, it's going to happen. 
you have to man up or dog up, as it were, and uh, hang in there until you can get it back on the ground and get her shut down. I am assuming that, uh, you know, they used to call it the Swarm Party, but I guess they're calling it uh, Helipalooza this year. I'm assuming you went to that opinion. Did you go to that party? Uh, unfortunately, no. I did not no? make it over to the greatness. First of all, I thought the damn thing was on Saturday night, so that was on me. Uh, Friday night, uh, Rusty, Robert, uh, Team Hardcore, they show up. I thought they'd been flying. They're all lit, and uh, they had came back from it. Uh, and apparently it was greatness. The food was good. Uh, the fellowship and the visiting of every, the other helicopter nerds, uh, they enjoyed that very much. Uh, I'm kind of old in dog years. I'm almost dead in dog years. So uh, I had to get back to the bus and cool down anyway. But uh, if I had known that it was Friday night uh, instead of Saturday night, it's not that it wasn't posted everywhere either. Don't get me wrong. I just completely lost track of what was going on. Uh, and I was. Uh, we were actually parked over on uh, Site 3 which is probably like, I don't know, half a mile from Site 4, so I couldn't hear all the mayhem. You know, the wind was blowing in the wrong direction. Otherwise, I would have heard all the blood-curdling screams and went outside to see what the hell was going on. So uh, your, your driver, uh, his name is? Uh, Jerry. Jerry the Caveman Kovar. Yes. 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 He, um, it sounds to me like uh, he was slipping in his duties if he didn't uh, inform you what, uh, what night the party was. Uh, well, you know, he has a lot of responsibilities, uh, not the least of which is uh, being the driver. Mm -hmm. uh, he also uh, uh, is responsible for putting out any fire since he is actually a firefighter. That's uh, his mm -hmm. day job. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so uh, I, I, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that one. I think uh, he was not aware of it either. Uh, okay. what was going on with it. And to be honest with you, we were getting up kind of early and getting out there. You know, all the uh, the youngsters – they don't show up till like one o'clock, and we're out there at eight. You know, we got the nitro fired up, and we're 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 putting some flights in. Mm -hmm. So uh, they they have a head start on staying up till one or two o'clock in the morning drinking, whereas we at uh, seven thirty or eight o'clock are ready for our Oreos and milk and want to go to bed. I've seen uh, quite a few new seven hundreds out there. Uh, did you get a chance to see the logo extreme in person? Uh. Yes, I mean, from a distance, I didn't, uh, I would say, you know, we were out on the flight line uh, when uh, Kyle was doing his flight, uh, and it's amazing, it's an amazing machine. Now, the thing is, is it's moving very, very fast, uh, it's doing very, uh, very interesting smack, uh, and he was also flying it very large, but it doesn't look like it's going really fast because the damn thing's so big, uh, but it's, it, it's uh, something else. I don't know if it's for me, uh, but I can see a... I can see a market for a helicopter like that. You know, somebody wants to have the biggest and the baddest, that's it right now. Yeah, that's a nice just bird. Get, just get your checkbook out. It's going to cost. <laughs> you know? uh, we plan on attending any other fun flies here uh, for the rest of the season before the flight season's over. Uh, yes. Uh, we were going We're going to go to the uh, – Team Hardcore will be going to the uh, Southern Rotary Classic, which is uh, September – I think it's the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Uh, we've been invited over there in spite of uh, our reputation from Urcha. They have invited us to come to the Southern Rotary Classic. Uh, Terry, uh, I believe his last name is Dawson. I could be wrong on that, but uh, Terry's greatness. He runs that every year. It's their 25th anniversary, uh, so we'll be there for that. Um, there will be some smaller fun flies in the area that we're going to be attending. Uh, possibly the Orlando Heli blowout. I don't think they've announced the dates yet, but uh, we'll probably be down there in December. We actually got an invitation uh, to the Heli invasion 
which is uh, October uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. But uh, we were unable due to some uh, family commitments. Even a dog like me has family commitments. And uh, so we were unable to participate in that. But we're going we're gonna to get up to the greatness that is the Heli Invasion next year for sure. Well, I, I want to thank uh, you, uh, Dan and uh, Rob, for inviting me onto the uh, greatness that is the RC Heli Nation uh, podcast. Uh, it was, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, anytime uh, you guys get bored, uh, you know, you can't get Bert, uh, Bert Cameron on and uh, you need uh, somebody to kind of be a filler, uh, just let me know. I'll be happy to fill in for you. Absolutely, absolutely. We, uh, We'd actually like to hear from uh, hear from your opinion as you go out and about, and uh, you know you find yourself with these fun flies and uh, just uh, creating a lot of fun for everybody. I, you know, I think that I think that uh, you're pretty well received, and uh, people are are really looking forward to, to hearing from you. Yes, and we're looking forward to delivering a quality video product. You can tell by the quality of my uh, productions. Mm-hmm. That, uh, there's a lot of money and time that goes into this. Yes. So that was Pinion. Awesome interview, I think. That guy is, is is one hell of a one hell of a funny dude. That guy. He is, he, he has quite a bit of wisdom in that tiny brain of his. Yes, he does. We will be getting Pinion on uh, more. Uh, you know, whenever whenever he uh, has some free time from his busy social calendar, we'll be getting him on the show. He can give us some roving or rover reporting. <laughs> rover reporting. <laughs> so what's going on with the uh, version 3 software for Beast X? thought that was supposed to be out by now. It, dude, it's right around the corner. And it, you know, I think what ha- what's going on here is, I mean, let, let's be realistic. Already, we've talked about a couple of different manufacturers that are going through growing pains, right? And one thing that I've noticed with, for instance, with Freakware and, and you know, the, the Beast X, when it came out as version 1, it took a little bit of time before version 2 came out. And version 2 actually added, I think, two or three extra setup steps and, and really changed some of the, the ways things were done. I mean, they had to rewrite the manual. People have to reset up their their units going from one to two so it wasn't as you know a lot of times you see companies they'll do small incrementals like version 2.1 2.2 2.4 whatever and then a big one at three or a big one at four or five the guys over at freakware have decided to do them in single large increments one two three the features that they're going to be adding to the v3 firmware it's it's they're they're doing quite a bit of stuff and 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 by all rights they could have done it incrementally in my mind, though, I'm thinking they've kept it all behind the scenes because I want to just make sure to ring the, the heck out of it and test the heck out of it to make sure that the end user doesn't become the beta tester on these things and then have to come out with a 3.1 or a 3.2 or something two weeks later. That just doesn't look good. Yeah. You know, but it's been, quote, right around the corner for at least the last month or two. It's been on people's radar for longer than that. But right now, my version 2 is doing everything I need it to do. There isn't a, 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 a very large flaw of any kind that everybody can identify that says there's a really big problem here. We need version 3 quick, right? There's, you know, like we 
there we talked about that thread about the gentleman that's having trouble with his pyro rate, right? They may be extenuating circumstances in that particular thread, going full pyro and full collective and expecting a consistent rate, right? But there are, in fact, people out there that are having trouble with the quote tail whipping, you know, which seems to plague just about any fly barless unit, even while you're tweaking the settings. Some birds just for some reason act differently than other ones do. And this version three, the algorithms are different for the swash and for the tail. I think to try and help broaden the scope of the hardware that it can control, meaning the different, I mean, because all kinds of manufacturers make all kinds of different tail and head setups, you know, some look almost exactly the same, but in flight, it just feels different, right? Version three is supposed to take care, or, or at least cover more of those spaces. So hopefully less, if not any, people would have that problem where they just, no matter what they do, can't dial that whipping out, you know? Mm -hmm. um, they're gonna add a pretty cool feature that I think is nice, the pitch boost. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with what that's gonna be doing, but that'll uh, let you, you know, when you're doing a pitch pump, you can get just a brief like millisecond slap of of extra pitch on your blades to help augment those hard stops and stuff. And by all accounts, uh, beta testers, there's one, uh, Heli Freak user, Coom, he's a beta tester and he's, uh, he's really enjoying the pitch boost. He, the bird he's got it on just by using that feature and a couple of the other things that he's done when he's tweaking the helicopter all around. It just feels more powerful, at least to him. And I, I wouldn't expect anything different when I try it, but. I can't say that I'm the greatest at collective management. I try to, you know, I try to stop hard, but usually I end up at full pitch longer than necessary, and I, I get a brief stall there, you know, and I just lose all my bite. So the pitch boost is going to be a kind of nice feature, I think, that'll take care of that for me, you know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's cheating, but I think it's going to be good, so. It's in that's interesting, because um, Rigar has pretty much the same feature, has like a pitch pump um, um, feature, and uh, I tested that feature out at the Arthur uh, Elliott Spoonfly. Um, yeah, it, it's a weird feeling. Um, it practically means you don't have to like move the stick as much to get yeah. the same collective um, uh, you know, through on the stick. Yeah. Um, it definitely feels faster. Like you, you've got more more power in, in a way. You know, the heli responds quicker. Um, right. Almost right. like you. Almost like electric. You know, as soon as you put a, a, a collective change in, the helicopter moves. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I, me personally, I don't really like it. I'd have to have more experience with it to get a more. You know, yeah, I mean, I could see how I could see how something like that may make it feel. I don't want to. I don't know if less organic. Yeah, maybe make it feel a little bit less organic. You know, everybody is so worried about whether or not flying flybarless is going to make it feel disconnected. Yes. I know for me, I don't feel disconnected to my helicopter. The response rate is great. You know, the, on the BSTEX using the um, the cyclic feed forward, I've got that turned up a little bit and. I don't even have my maximum flip and roll rates up extremely high or anything like that and I because I use the the dual rates like bank switching so in my normal rates that I run using that feature it already gives me some pretty good snap I think the thing with the uh, pitch boost another feature the cyclic acceleration is going to give people that snap so that you don't have to overdrive 
the blades to get the helicopter to start moving in a certain direction. Because I think for folks that have a trouble, a little bit more of a hard time with collective management, um, it's very easy to camp out at full pitch slightly longer than you need to. Yes. And by the time you realize that you've already lost 100, 200 RPM, and you're trying to you're trying to climb back up that hill again. You know. You know, Rob, you and I have actually had this conversation in the past before. Remember, you and I were talking about this, and I was when I was work, working on tuning my new T-Rex 600 uh, rebuild motor that I had in the T-Rex 600. Yeah. Yep. And I I was thinking that it wasn't so much maybe a tuning issue as more of a collective management issue, and that I would do a punch out, and instead of just you know punching it up and then slowly letting back on the collective. I would just hold it up and expect the motor to, you know, be able to maintain it. But yeah, so it's kind of the same principle. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I think that, you know, every now and then I see the collective ether, if you will, out on the internet, get on the topic of collective management and then not, and then back on it, you know, but it's, I think it's one of the more overlooked, but most important things to good performance flying. And, by no means am I a 3D wizard or anything like that. Dan, you and I talked about, I've dubbed myself, I, I fly hard sport. You know what I mean? Right. But still, that doesn't mean I don't understand the difference between a very crisp stop or start and one that's really mushy and knowing that it's me doing that, not the helicopter. Well, yeah. if you're flying if you're flying hard sport, I must be flying hard hovering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hovermasters. Welcome to the Hovermasters. Well... That leads us to Castle Creations, obviously. What a great segue into Castle Creations. Hey, now, I have Castle Creation. Hang on. Before before we start, let me get my hot pad out. (laughs) Get your fire extinguishers. Get your hot pads. We're good. Look, you know, I'm not not really big into electrics. I'm just kind of starting to get into them. I have a Castle Creation on my helicopter. I'm not at all concerned about this Castle Creation going up in flames. Yeah. Uh, it works just fine, and it has worked just fine over the course of about 40 flights I have on that helicopter now. I don't know, guys. What do you think? What's your opinion on how they're handling it? I know a lot of guys were kind of disgruntled with how they initially were telling everybody it's their fault, it's something they're doing wrong, there's nothing wrong with our stuff, and, you know, they were telling people that for quite a long time, and now they've kind of stepped up and kind of, you know, admitted uh, that perhaps it wasn't their fault. Do you guys think they're handling that right? Well, I think they should have, I think they should have handled it a lot more earlier. I mean, there was a guy in Heli Freak whose field like, practically burnt down because of, of you know, castle cremations going up in flames. Um, Send the hate mail to Callum, by the way. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, one of the uh, higher level, um, you know, employees just basically said, you know, stand down all, you know, ESCs that they manufacture, well, the HV range anyway. I think they should have done that earlier. And it was quite funny how they said they had like a three percent failure rate when clearly you look at the reports on the internet it's... yeah i don't know man i think it's a little tough to get for for people where we're at i mean we have no idea how many tens yeah. of thousands of speed controllers a month they sell right and what we get to see are the reports of people that have had failures also are aware that there's an internet community and also 
have chosen to air their grievances in that community all together. Those are the only ones we know about. And then we hear Castle telling us about a 3% failure rate. I don't, I, I could think, I could see how that could be entirely possible. You know, it, it, what if it's 4 or 6%, right? The point is the volume that they sell means that 3% looks like a lot more people because it will be. Well, let's like let's liken that to the spectrum, not to go back to the spectrum futata thing, but let's th let's think about that. Let's go and and consider all the DX7s that are out there, which which by far the DX7 has got to be the most popular radio out there. Sure. Yeah. So you have you let's just to make the numbers easy, you have 100 DX7 users to every what five futata users. I don't know if that's you know that's the number of pulling out of my ass, but chances are you're going to hear about problems from the Spectrum users as opposed to the Futaba users because there's so many more of them. Yeah. yeah. But obviously there was an issue and I, you know, I, I, the, the one thing that I'd like to see them do differently is um, they need to represent a little more on the forum, I think, because I think there's a, you know, if you look at Helifreak at any given day, there might be three or four different threads all about castle creations and uh so i think there's a lot of confusion out there for the consumer at this point where am i at am i at is this three is this four recall where, where am i at you know so yeah. so i was reading a post today in fact the uh user was just flabbergasted he has a couple little cc's on his on his helicopters he just got one back and now he doesn't know is this wait a minute is this do i need to send this back now you know there's just a lot of confusion one, you know, I think they should, there's obviously a big issue here, and even their, you know, revised, you know, ESD is going up in flames. I mean, at Urcha, this there was a guy who traded his, uh, you know, I think it was Origin 20 HV ESC. It lasted him a year, no problems, but, you know, being cautious, he traded it for a new revision, only to plug that new one in, wire it all up, set it all up, to go up in flames at Urcher, right in front of the uh, Castle Creations uh, tent, you know. Oh, not very good, and oh. I think everyone has a right to be concerned, and Castle crema uh, Cremations, or Creations, however you want to say, you know, should really take a deep look into what is going on. It'd be interesting to see how they're going to recover from the bad rep that they've got. And for that to happen at Urcher, you know, the new supposedly version three that fixes the issue, uh, to go up in flames, you know. Well, you know, and I think that this has been a fairly long-term thing. You know, the first reports of consistent flameouts were almost a year ago, you know. People are talking about this happening. You know, when I got my HV85, I... I bought mine used, and I started seeing reports of people worried about those flaming out, you know, way back when the HV85 first came out. And so it's not, and of course, this is not me saying that Castle Creations has always been making firebombs. That's not the case at all, right? But in the case of these current, you know, the ICE high voltage uh, controllers, this is something that Castle's been trying to deal with for some time now. Only recently, have they discovered that some of the components in the supply chain have the specs have changed? They've been spec differently 
and Castle Creations as a consumer of that supplier, as a vendor that's getting parts from them to assemble their speed controllers, wasn't made aware of any of these changes. Mm. Uh, and, and it was only up until recently that they started thinking outside of the box and looking for looking in that direction. And I think there was an RC Groups user who had pointed out that the FETs are higher up on the uh, on the boards, and so they're not heat sinking out like they're supposed to be, right? Um, and what's happening is they're they're overheating and they're failing open and creating open shorts, right? Um, well, Castle Creations has been in the background doing all kinds of testing, putting these things down on the benches and doing autopsies on these things for a long time, trying to figure out what is killing these controllers. What's different from this one than this one? Maybe it was manufactured date. How long has that been sitting in the box at the warehouse? Is it got FETs that are spec different than this one? Just that first glance, it probably doesn't look any different. You know, I'm sure their suppliers didn't put a different serial number on the FET, and you probably don't look at a box of 5,000 FETs before you stick them in speed controllers. You grab them and you stick them because you're confident that your supplier is supplying you the product that you've been using the whole time, right? Right. So, but, but at the, but it, but at the same time, you can't use that as an excuse. No, and I wouldn't say it's an excuse. It's it's part of the whole puzzle, right? And, you know, the, with regards to Castle saying, wait a minute, you know, you didn't set your helicopter up right. I think, you know, and granted there may have been a more humble, I guess, way to approach some of these failures. But, you know, they're in the business of having a fairly good track record until they start. I mean, when I saw the ice line first come out, I kind of took pause, not in a negative way. I was like, wow, was Castle reinventing themselves here? What's with all these brand new lines of stuff? Isn't what they use good enough? And this was what, like a year and a half, two years ago when the ice, you started seeing the ads for the ice controllers, nice light mm -hmm. controllers and stuff. But I mean, they've been making a lot of big changes, but the point is they've been a fairly consistent company for some time. So what they've been doing has been working for so long that it's easy to conclude to them if you have a failure that obnoxious, you had to have done something wrong. You know what I mean? Because I know we didn't build a product that's that broke. Right. You know, I don't. I've got the HV85 in my Gowie 550. I've got uh, an Ice 50 in my Delta fan, uh, Dr. Jet. Um, I've set up two or three other Castle uh, speed controllers. I know a guy that runs uh, an, uh, an Ice HV80 on his T-Rex 700. You know him too, Dan, and he he beats the air to submission with that helicopter. He's never had problems, right? right. Um, you know, I still believe that they can make a good product. The problem is, and I think Callum, you had said, you know, how how are they going to bounce back from this PR nightmare? Yeah. You know, too, Dan, you had mentioned about, and I I agree. There's really not much presence from Castle Creations, the company at Helly Creek, but if you go to RC Groups. The vibe is completely different over there. Um, I would get angry too if I had $2,500 worth of helicopter come crashing down because it caught on fire, right? right. Um, I would be pissed off. But there's a difference between being upset with some uh, company you bought something from and lashing out at them. And to be perfectly honest, and of course we all love Heli Creek, it doesn't have anything to do with Heli Creek itself as a forum. But there are users lashing out directly at Castle Creations before talking to Castle Creations first, you know. And anybody that's a, a manufacturer of something, even if you're making small component parts out of your house or something like that, or you're a very big 
um, hobby store or something like that online, to have somebody arbitrarily bash bash what you do on a daily basis, how you earn your bread, you know, and how you bring home the bacon, it's pretty disconcerting, you know. I'm just a regular Joe, and if somebody started badmouthing me like that, I'd be pretty apprehensive about coming up into a thread like that to stick my neck out like that. I'm not running from it. I'm avoiding it, you know, and rightly so, you know. I mean, a lot of the Helifreak users have RC Group's accounts. I do. I don't go there very often at all. But when I do go there, I see very active dialogue between Castle Creations and users that are asking mature questions about what's going on here. And they've been pretty much transparent the entire time of what they've been trying to do to fix this problem over there. Over here, they've been putting out fires. So you can see where they're going to concentrate their efforts, right? So let's talk a little bit about, um, I read a post and I don't know how accurate it is because like I said, I'm not really an electric guy, so I haven't been looking at these prices. But I've heard through this post that Contronic is maybe taking a little bit of advantage of this, um, this by raising their prices a little bit. Do you suppose that's just a supply and demand thing or, or do you think they're kind of cashing in on Castle's misfortune? I don't know if they're doing that. I mean, I guess I, I wasn't aware that they, they've raised their price or changed it. I've always been aware that it's pretty expensive. You pay a premium for that kind of quality, you know, and my wallet can't, can't handle it, you know. But my first impression from the outside of the circle of what I know about Contronics doesn't seem to give me the impression that they would prey on people that are hurting for a speed controller and charge them 10% more because they can't. You know, now that's not, to, I mean, in business that happens all the time, you know what I mean? But I'd like to think, I'm hopeful in thinking that that's not why that's happening. I would think it has more to do with supply versus demand. I, don't I would hope it, I mean, well, right, and that's just it. I mean, it's, you know, economics 101, supply and demand. Yeah. So that very well could be the case. I was just posing the question to see what you guys thought about it. So let's change gears. So let's talk a little bit about, um, I know I did mention it a little bit at the beginning, but I just kind of want to mention again, uh, iTunes, hopefully we'll have that working for you guys very soon. If not, even before this show that you're listening to at this very moment comes out, maybe, hopefully, it'll be working by then. If it's not, be patient with us. We will get that done. And the webpage, let's talk a little bit about the webpage. Use it. I know it's pretty minimum at this time, and... Uh, the three of us have been diligently working and uh, arguing a little bit about what should go where and whatnot, but we'll get all that stuff worked out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And uh, For you existing users, go ahead and log in. Invite exactly. a friend. Invite a friend. You know, yeah, log, log in. You know, go, go to that uh, nation network. Put, in a, put a little uh, uh, avatar in there, and, you know, it can be a little place where you guys can post some videos if you want. Just kind of talk and share jokes, whatever you want to do there. Just kind yeah, of use it. Maybe, maybe if you post something on the site, we'll use, you know, we can talk about it in the show. Yeah, so if you got suggestions, things you want to talk to, yeah, you know, maybe we'll start giving away some t-shirts to people that are on there just at random. Uh, stuff like that. To get in touch with us, we all are at our emails here, which would be Dan, Rob, or Callum at rchelynation.com. Rob also has his own thing going on with his uh, front porch where he has some uh, excellent advice on the Beast X and various other Gowie products. Callum also has his webpage and that webpage is it's, uh, Callum on the internet. Callum on the internet. <laughs> just, just type in Callum on your browser and you'll run into it. <laughs> yeah, or you'll get Calamine Lotion. So 
<laughs> but always yeah. or you could type in Kalen too, that'll get you there. Yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. It's uh, all good. It's um, Callum Yeah, check that out. Learn a little bit about Callum. See what he's up to. He's got a little blog on there. Talks about his various experiences and whatnot. Uh, some of them sexual, some of them not. Oh, yeah. Well, most of them are not, actually. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. Well, guys, first uh, full-length show in the books. What do you think? Shitty. Shibby. Well, the saggy one, when she leans over, they become boom fellas. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, we appreciate you tuning in, and uh, look for another show in about ten days. <laughs> I thought you stopped recording. Oh no, man! <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Bye, guys.